بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت المدثر سورت المدثر was the second revelation revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the first revelation was اقرأ read and in the second revelation we see that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is instructed to قوم فأنذر to stand and warn And he's given guidelines with regards to his duty as a messenger. That what is his work, what is his goal, and what should his manner be like. The Prophet ﷺ said, this is a hadith narrated in Muslim, that I stayed in Hira for one month. Remember that the Prophet ﷺ used to go and stay in the cave for sometimes several days. And he used to, as Aisha radiallahu anha reported, يتحنت, He would worship Allah. So he said that I stayed in Hira for one month. And when my stay was completed, I came down and went into the heart of the valley. So as he came down from the mountain, he went into the valley. He said, I heard somebody call me out loud. I looked in front of me, behind me, on my right side and on my left, but I did not see anybody. I was again called, and I looked about, but saw nothing. I was called again, and raised my head. And there, on a chair, in the open atmosphere, meaning in the sky, there was Jibreel. I began to tremble on account of fear. And I came to Khadija and said, Dathiruni, Dathiruni, wrap me up, wrap me up. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. Ya ayyuhal muddathir, qum fa'anzir, wa rabbaka fa'kabbir, wa thiyabaka fa'tahhir, wa rujza fahjur. So these verses were the second revelation. And I want you to look at these verses, keeping in mind that this was the second wahi the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received. Second wahi. Realize the importance of these commands. That these were the first instructions Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given as a messenger. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhal muddathir. O al muddathir. O you who covers himself up. Muddathir is from the word dithar. Dal thara. And dithar is used for a warm cloak, a warm shawl that is worn on top of one's clothes. Why would you do that? In order to keep warm. Remember the Prophet ﷺ when he saw Jibreel before he had just heard him. Last time Jibreel came, he had shaken him, embraced him and shaken him and said to him, Iqra, Iqra. And now what happened? He saw Jibreel sitting on a chair in the sky. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ was frightened. He was shivering out of fear. And so when he came home, he said, Dathiruni. And now he's trembling, he's covered up, trying to take comfort in a shawl, in a warm blanket. And he's told, Ya ayyuhal muddathir. Oh you who is wrapped up, who is covered up in his garment, trying to keep warm. 
This is similar to Ya Ayyuhal Muzzammil. The Prophet ﷺ was resting and he was addressed by the state that he was in. Here also, this is an affectionate way of addressing someone by describing the state that they're in. But you wonder why? I mean, this is part of Qur'an. Why? What do we learn from this? It's as if the Prophet ﷺ's state of fear is being acknowledged. Allah is mentioning it. Yes, you are worried. Yes, you are frightened. Yes, you are shivering. Remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our weaknesses. He sees and He knows, He recognizes, He acknowledges our fears. The pain that we feel, the hardships that we endure. They're acknowledged. Ya ayyuhal muddathir. Yes, you are afraid, but you have a great duty to perform. Qum, get up, stand up, arise, fa'anzir, and warn. Stand up and warn. The first revelation was, iqra', read, learn. And the second revelation is, anzir, warn, convey. Read, learn, and convey, pass on. Qum fa'anzir, arise and warn. Why warn? Because people need to be warned. They're on their way to destruction. Aren't you gonna get up and warn them? Qum fa'anzir. And the thing is that there are situations in our lives when we get frightened, when we are facing hardship, when we are experiencing pain. And when we sit with that pain, that pain is not necessarily going to go away. But when we start worrying about others also, then what happens to our worries and our hardships and our pains? They become small. They become small. So, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, you're frightened, you're cold, you're shivering, you are seeking comfort, but you have to get up and you have to warn, and your fears will go away. Your shivering will go away. Qum fa'anzir. Realize the need to warn people. Qum fa'anzir. Warabbaka fakabbir. Warabbaka and your Lord fakabbir. So glorify. Meaning glorify your Lord. Kabbir say takbir. Say Allahu Akbar. Meaning declare Allah's greatness above all. This is your goal. When you warn people of the hereafter, then you must make them feel the greatness of Allah. You must make them realize the greatness of Allah. The purpose of your warning is to magnify and glorify Allah. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ And even otherwise, the purpose of your existence is what? To celebrate God's greatness, to declare His greatness. Realize it, feel it, call to it. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ وَثِيَابَكَ And your clothing, meaning the clothes that you have on. فَطَهِّرْ So purify. Meaning purify and clean the clothes that you're wearing. طَهِّرْ This is a command to clean something. Meaning remove the uncleanliness from your clothes. Wash your clothes. What's the first fiqh lesson the Prophet ﷺ was given? 
of tahara, of cleanliness. And what details are given? No details are given. It's just said, clean your clothes. Because if you tell any intelligent person, clean your clothes, they will note that it means there should be no filth on my clothes. Right? And that includes najasa. Right? And all the other terms that we have in fiqh. Right? So, وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ Such a simple and clear command. Clean your clothes. Why clean your clothes? Because Jibreel was going to be his companion. Quran was going to be brought to him. So the one who is spending time with the Quran must, must take care of this. Take care of what? The cleanliness of their clothing. From their underclothing to their outerwear. Every part, every clothing that they have on, even socks and hijab, and the hat that a person wears under the hijab, everything should be clean. Clean clothes, not smelly, unwashed or stained. No, fresh and clean. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ وَالرُّجُزَ And uncleanliness. Filth, defilement. رَاجِيم زَاي It's said that the origin of this word is rids. And rids is filth. And rajaza is to shake. It's basically used for when a camel is overburdened and because of that, it's wobbly in its walk. رَجَزَ الْبَعِيرِ So, rids, rids is used for filth, defilement, because just the presence of it or the sight of it makes you shiver. It's just too gross to even look at. So, rids, what should you do? Fahjur. So leave it. Leave it. Remember? Fahjur. Hijra. What does hijra mean? Immigrate. Leave it and go elsewhere. So, filth you must avoid. You must keep away. Wasn't the same thing said earlier? That clean your clothes? It was a lesson of cleanliness, right? Now, Another time, cleanliness is being emphasized. Keep your clothes clean and avoid every type of filth. This includes tangible filth and intangible filth. This includes dirty words, dirty language, dirty actions, places where dirty things are being done, gatherings where Dirty things are being done. Avoid them. وَالرُّجِزَ fahjur. Some have said that this refers to idols and idolatry. Leave it. But this is the second wahi. So rujz includes what? Every type of filth. وَالرُّجِزَ fahjur. Look at how brief the verses are. And how clear they are in their message. وَالرُّجِزَ fahjur. So what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He was given these commands. Right? He was given these commands. What did he do? He was told, قُمْ فَأَنذِرْ Stand and warn. Did he stand and warn? Yes, he did. There's a hadith in which we learn, this hadith has been authenticated by Shaykh al-Bani, that Harith bin Harith, he said that at Hajj he heard that people had surrounded a man from among them, meaning he was an Arab, and they had said that that man had become a sabi, meaning that man had left the religion of his people. And people had surrounded him. So he said, we also went to see who that man was. 
and why people were gathered around him and what that man was saying. He said, when we went to see, we saw that Muhammad wasallam was standing and calling people to believe in Allah alone. Qum fa'anzir. And the people had gathered around him and they were denying him and hurting him. But he kept calling them to Tawheed. And this went on until midday. And the people were exhausted and they went away. But Muhammad ﷺ remained there. Then after some time, a girl came to the Prophet ﷺ, whose headscarf was not covering her properly. She brought a bowl of water and a napkin. He took the bowl and drank from it. And then he washed himself, his face and his arms. And then he said, O oh my daughter, adjust your shawl and do not fear for your father. So Hadith, he said that we asked people that who's this girl? And he said that we were told it is his daughter Zainab. He was told, قُمْ فَأَنذِرْ And what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He stood and he warned. For how long? Just a few moments? No. From morning until midday. And this was not the only time. He stood and warned many times. The second thing he was told, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ Do takbir of your Lord. Mention His greatness. And did the Prophet ﷺ mention the greatness of his Lord? Yes, he did. Morning and evening, in his prayer, even outside of prayer, at the end of the prayer, in front of people, in the middle of the night. Just think about so many adhkar that mention Allahu Akbar. He declared Allah's greatness. He was told, وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ Clean your clothes. Did he clean his clothes? Certainly he did. We learned that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that once the Prophet sallallahu wore a shawl, a black shawl. So Aisha radiallahu anha said, O oh Allah's Messenger, this looks so beautiful on you. It contrasts so beautifully with you. It just looks beautiful on you. And she kept going on and on about how it looked on him. She said then, after some time, there was some smell coming from the shawl. And this is very natural. If you wear something for some time, it's naturally going to become smelly. So the Prophet ﷺ got rid of it because he liked good, beautiful fragrance. That is what he liked. He cleaned his clothes so much that he also made sure they smelled nice. What do we do? Okay, smells bad, but there's no stain on it. So Smells bad, but... There's no najasa on it. So I'll wear it even though it stinks. Right? Of masalas and cooking and food and whatnot. I'll wear it. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ We learned that once the Prophet ﷺ visited some people and he saw a man whose hair was messy. And he said, could this man not find something to make his hair sit down? And he saw another man wearing dirty clothes. And he said, could this man not find something to wash his clothes with? Like, what's wrong with people? وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ This is one of the first things the Prophet ﷺ was ordered to do. Clean his clothes. It's a basic lesson. Basic thing. 
And this is something we need to be careful about. Check your clothes. Are they clean? If you've been wearing a sweater or a jacket for the past one month, every day, every day, on the bus and in the train, in the car and outside, in the mall and even in the restaurant, then I mean, it's going to need some kind of cleaning, some kind of freshening up. So pay attention to that. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِرْ وَالرُّجِزَ فَهْجُرْ Another thing he was told was to keep away from uncleanliness. Did the Prophet ﷺ keep away from anything that would make him unclean or that would make him smell bad? Yes, he did. So much so that he even avoided food that would make him smell. Once some food was brought to him and the Prophet ﷺ asked, what is it? You know, like you ask people, what's in it? So they told him about everything that was in it, that it was made of. And one of the things they mentioned was that it has garlic in it. So the Prophet ﷺ said, eat. You eat it, meaning I don't want it. Without any criticism, he said, you eat. So the people asked, this is in Bukhari, that how come? Like, is it haram? Is there any reason? And he said, eat. I don't eat it because I converse with those whom you don't converse with. Meaning the angels. He was so careful about this. And what do we do? We're like, what's the big deal? Come on, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy. And then what happens when 50 people who have enjoyed a lot of spicy, delicious food, when they come together, or 100 people or 200 people in a classroom, then what happens? We know what happens. وَالرُّجِزَ فَهْجُرْ Aisha anha said, the Prophet ﷺ felt it very much that unpleasant smell should emit from him. Meaning, he was very conscious about this. Very conscious about this. But what are we conscious about? Just our looks. Which is why we'll spend 10 minutes standing in front of a mirror, adjusting and readjusting our hijab or the style of our hair, over and over again. But what about the actual cleanliness of our clothes? وَالرُّجِزَ فَهْجُرْ وَلَا تَمْنُنْ And do not confer favor. تَسْتَكْثِرْ To seek more. لَا تَمْنُنْ تَمْنُنْ from the word man. And man is to bestow favor or to remind of it. So he is told, this is a lesson in ikhlas, of sincerity, that do not show favor to others, do not do good to others. Why? For تَسْتَكْثِرْ تستكثر, that you seek more. You seek kathra. Istikthar is to make more, to seek more. To desire to multiply. Meaning do not give favor to others, seeking more out of them. And you say, oh, I know that my friend is going back home. And she will go shopping. And you know, So if I give her a gift, hopefully she will bring me something too. لا تمنون تستكثر Somebody's wedding. And you give them a gift, expecting that when you get married or your child gets married, they will also give a gift. La tamnun tastakthir. Do not show favor to others expecting more in return. Don't do that. Do good for whose sake? For the sake of Allah. Expect good from who? From Allah, not from people. And this is so important because you see as human this is very natural whenever you do good to someone you do have some expectation of something in return even an acknowledgement which is why when 
we do good to somebody and they don't even look up and smile or they don't say thank you or they don't reciprocate, we get offended. Right? We're like, yeah, you know, I actually did this for Allah's sake. However, people should be more grateful. People should reciprocate. You know, we hint at them, give indirect messages. وَلَا تَمْنُنْ تَسْتَكْثِرْ If you remove this expectation from your life, that for example, if you are preparing food for someone, or if you are tidying up for someone, or if you are, you know, serving them water, or if you are even doing their laundry, or driving them somewhere, don't expect even a thank you from them. If you can bring this in your life, you will be able to do a lot of good. Because what holds us back from doing good is what? I'm not going to get anything out of this person. Right? This is what holds us back. Or we remember all those past bitter experiences where we helped someone and they forgot about us completely. We were there for them and when we needed them, they never showed up. You feel like you're the only one giving, you're the only one doing. And others are using you. So what holds us back is expectation. And what brings disappointment is also expectation. So remember, no one owes you anything. Expect reward from Allah. وَلَا تَمْنُنْ تَسْتَكْثِرُ وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرُ Allahu Akbar. And for your Lord, be patient. For the sake of Allah, observe sabr. Not for the sake of good treatment from others. Because even when we're doing sabr, what are we expecting? Well, somebody's gonna praise me. You're being so patient. Right? Or somebody is going to reward me. You're being so patient. Somebody is going to acknowledge my patience. But what happens? That doesn't come. وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ If you're doing sabr, do it for Allah alone. Don't do it for people. Don't do it for anything else. لِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ For the sake of Him. And لِرَبِّكَ For your Lord. As in, in obedience to your Lord. Because He's telling you. And لِرَبِّكَ Meaning, for His reward. In hope of His reward. Be patient. Earlier we learned, فَاصْبِرْ صَبْرًا جَمِيلًا You see how sabr, sabr, sabr is coming again and again? In these surahs? Over and over again? وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ Over what? Patience over what? Over the other, The hurt that you receive from people. Or sabr over what? Over the commands that Allah has given you. وَلِرَبِّكَ فَاصْبِرْ فَإِذَا نُقِرَ فِي النَّاقُورِ فَإِذَا so when نُقِرَ It will be blown فِي النَّاقُورِ In that which is blown into Meaning the trumpet نُقِرَ نَاقُورِ نُون قَافْرَ نَقَرَ is to blow into something that is meant to be blown into Like a whistle or a trumpet, bugle So نَاقُورِ is trumpet فَإِذَا نُقِرَ فِي النَّاقُورِ Which trumpet is this? When is this going to happen? On the day of judgment. Allah says, فَذَلِكَ So that, meaning that time when the trumpet will be blown, that sound when you will hear it, يَوْمَ إِذِنْ That day will be يَوْمٌ عَسِيرٌ It will be a day that is very difficult, very hard, very tough. 
on who? Alal kafirin for the deniers, غَيْرُ yasir, not easy at all. When the trumpet will be blown, then that day will be a very difficult day. For who? For those who deny, not easy at all. What does that mean then? That for those who don't deny, it will be easy. Insha'Allah. As in Surah An-Naml, Ayah 87, Allah says, وَيَوْمَ يُنْفَخُ فِي الصُّورِ فَفَزِعَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ That when the trumpet will be blown, then whoever that is in the skies and the earth will be frightened, except for those whom Allah wills.